I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Hello and welcome to episode 103, The Batman, where we'll be doing a deep dive into Matt Reeves's entry into the legendary 83-year-old Dark Knight canon, that is, Batman. Um, I'm Nigel Weekly, and here as always with Pork McGill. Hello. How's it going? So the great Good. thing with this was everything in terms of society restrictions, blah, blah, blah. Now back to normal, full cinemas, able to go to the cinema together, normal life. Um, so we got to see this together in Dublin's IMAX theatre, Cinema 17 in Cineworld. And it was sort of a bit like old times. I mean, we had the guts of about eight seats, so I could have put yeah. the two or three rows, uh, or, or sorry, two or three seats between us if we wanted to recreate some of that nice um, pandemic energy. But instead we got to rub elbows on the same armrest. And, um, it wasn't jam-packed. It was an early screen and it was like 11 o'clock on a... Sunday morning it was the only show on that day I don't know if Uncharted was an IMAX as well um but yeah I I suppose we'll get into the film but would at the outset encourage people to go see this on the big screen it looks amazing the cinematography the sound editing like there's this, a bit when the Batmobile gets released and the entire seats were shaking in IMAX so I was just like this is fantastic Exactly. So a showcase for getting to theatres, if nothing else, and getting going to the cinema. Um, but also, yeah, it, you mentioned a little bit like the running time. It's nearly three hours and that actually moved um, fairly nicely. Do you want to summarise the plot a little bit? Yeah, so it kind of starts out with year two. It's uh, a voiceover by Robert Pattinson, who plays Batman, and he's saying year two, and it's like a diary entry. So Matt Reeves has said that the kind of comics that influenced the story are year one, um, Batman Ego and Batman The Long Halloween. So year one is um, a story by Frank Miller, and it's Batman's first year being Batman, and it kind of sets up the friendship between him and uh, Commissioner Gordon. And Gordon is played by uh, Jeffrey Wright in this film. People will know him from like the recent James Bond films and um, Westworld. Westworld, where he looks a bit like me if I put my glasses in the end of my nose. <gasps> yeah, because yeah. he's a good beard in that film. In yeah, that show. Um, so year one kind of sets that up. So now we're into year two, and that's what kind of some of the commentary has been about the film. In that there isn't too much backstory or filler, yeah, which is fine. We've seen yeah. the Waynes die. We've seen the pearls on the ground. We've seen. All of that early. And it's one of the benefits where we're straight into it, into the action. And it's basically a detective story. Um, DC stands for Detective Comics. And Batman is given the moniker most of the time of the world's greatest detective. So it is. And the recent films haven't played up on that too much. The the games have and obviously comic books have. But in this uh, 21st century version of Batman, it's more kind of action. and And there's much more of the like Bruce Wayne batman dynamic with the recent ones um the christopher nolan it's kind of done that dual bruce wayne millionaire batman at night where this is very much just batman um there yeah is very he probably hasn't bruce gotten wayne. to that point no. in life and that he is very um, and to kind of skip to the end a bit that's where he kind of comes full circle where he's like all oh, right i should be giving back more to the community i shouldn't be doing just the vengeance thing um 
so he kind of comes out. So it's yeah. We should probably add we're not really going to go too spoilery until maybe later on. So people mm. can keep listening if they haven't seen the film. We don't want to alienate anyone. If you're interested in seeing it, or yeah, to, um, it's definitely worth listening. And then we might mm. dip into a few of the big reveals later on, and we'll yeah. say turn it off. So the film opens with a quite brutal murder, um, out of a horror film almost, very voyeuristic, um. And a mayoral candidate is murdered. Well, you you nodded uh, to David Fincher and mm. you know, oh, so Seven much and all to that, that sort of Seven. stuff and that scene in particular. Yeah, and the rain—it's so rain-soaked. I've heard in other reviews like Blade Runner kind of nods, especially when it does the city. The design of the city is fantastic, Gotham. It's kind of a mixture between New York and a London. Like there's some scenes when it shows the cityscape, and there's almost like these. Nelson's pillar kind of statues that you wouldn't really see in New York so there's like hints of London I think as well and a lot of it was filmed um the BBC had a good article where a lot of it was filmed in uh, Liverpool and different Glasgow, parts think, yeah Scotland well. yeah. Yeah. yeah it was filthy is how I'd filthy and wet so mm. it's a bit Glasgow so famous kind of or not famous famous in uh, Gotham celebrities are being murdered and it's this killer is leaving clues to be like addressing kind of greeting cards to the Batman. So Commissioner Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright, brings him... Not yet Commissioner Gordon. True, actually, yeah. yes. Uh, brings him Chief. onto the... Chief, I guess he is. Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brings him onto the scene uh, to start investigating and to help. And that's where kind of starts where all the other cops are like, what are you doing? So there is that trope or what we would know from other batman films where there is this kind of a thing where like he is a vigilante the law doesn't really like him but gordon, gordon kind of trusts in, him yeah. and yeah and that feels kind of modern and timely enough because we know cop like police certainly in america are sort of love them or hate them mm. at the mm-hmm. minute so it felt like that made sense to have a yeah. little bit of friction between mm. them so in a nutshell that's it really then it's trying to figure out who's committing these murders how they're all connected and how it ties in batman yeah, and it's the Riddler. Like, I mean, yes. everyone knows that part. That's the, that's not really a spoiler, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Paul Dano plays the Riddler, and um, we sort of get he was a very good villain. I think he was fantastic. As he was the very unnerving because, like, when you say to me the Riddler, I'm like, grand, uh, some clown in a green suit with loads of question marks on him, and it's Jim Carrey or you know the Joel it, Schumacher late nineties, yeah, big bright version, or even yeah. in. Like, I haven't read too much about him in comic books, so there's probably some great story arcs there. But even in cartoon versions, um, he's almost more like a comedic figure, whereas this, it's a really sinister... Yeah, and, and I you think had mentioned, like, the kin to the Joker. Yeah, and I think they pull in a lot of the Joker mythology, like, sort of psychological thriller sort of elements that the Joker brings to these stories. And I thought they did a lot of that early on, Um which I thought was a kind of a nice little nod hmm. to that. Because um, it was also refreshing that the film wasn't about the Joker. Yes. And we got to see someone someone else front and centre in it. Um, the other villains then, of course, there's sort of a, a crime mob element to it as well. So um, John Torturo's Falcone is uh, one mob boss um, who we sort of get a few reveals maybe had a little bit to do with uh, Bruce Wayne's dad at some point and that's all kind of alluded to which was cool seeing that I didn't know too much about that mm. part of the stories um, and then uh, Colin Farrell wearing a lot of kind of rubbery prosthetics and everything playing I don't know what was the Penguin's oh, other so name Oz it's um, Oswald 
it begins with a P. His second right. name I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, but actually, but we know him of as the Penguin, Penguin, and he's brilliant in it. He's supposedly getting a spin-off show that's going to be on HBO Max. Kind of basically, I think Warner Brothers have copped on, and um, realized, oh, we can do all this spin-off world that Marvel have done, um, and kind of have these up and coming shows. So Oz, um, Oswald Cobblepot, yes. as our notes have now revealed, yeah, uh, is seemingly that's going to be one of the first ones. All um, right, so gone down the route where the Suicide Squad had the Peacemaker, yes. John Cena thing, yeah, um, cool. And then we haven't got to talk yet about uh, the role of uh, Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle, um, Catwoman, who again was I thought brilliant, um, in it mainly. I was just. Robert Pattinson is a very beautiful human being. Yeah. So is Zoe Kravitz. They're very, yeah. it's great tension. There's proper sexual like energy between them yeah. where you're like, oh yeah, they, yeah, I get it. They're just. And I think it's a good story arc between the two of the minute where like, it's her coming onto the scene. She kind of goes her own way. Like she doesn't play a second fiddle to him. She's very much focused on what her, the, we won't give too much about it. Why she, what she wants to get out of kind of doing her thing. And then mildly spoilerish, so maybe you know, close your ears. Um, it is that kind of thing where they can't be together, and it kind of finishes off the film in one of the you know five endings that is at the film where they kind of go their separate ways, you know. But I think it leaves it open for her to come back into other films yeah, as well. And she works. Um, so some of the yeah. What did you think of Robert Pattinson then? As a, like, first of all, if you can rewind, you've you were sort of a, a fanboy of the Twilight films. If I remember fanboy correctly. is a strong word. Ah, I'm gonna say I fanboy. didn't. I wasn't I a hater. Fanboy. You weren't a hater um, no. because you actually sat down to watch them yes. and look at them as yeah. a cinema rather than people who just didn't. Emo what happened nonsense. to the other guy who turned into a werewolf? He hasn't had much of a career. Oh, Jacob, anyway. Team yeah. Jacob, wasn't it? Um... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the other pair, Kristen Stewart, um, is doing fantastic, mm. and obviously Robert Pattinson here. So we'd seen him recently in The Lighthouse, Tenet, Tenet uh, Good Time. Yeah. Like he has made fantastic choices to the point now where, then. like, if he signs up to something, like when you hear he's going to be Batman, you're like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Like it's not just going to be like. And a I think he needed numbers. a little bit of convincing, but uh, like he's he's not the center piece of the film in loads of ways like as an actor because we don't see a lot of him mm. as himself because he barely goes to out in public he goes to a funeral um he, he does he oh he goes to maybe a nightclub like mm. so we don't mm. he, he's not really seen much in daylight yeah a lot of the film is not in daylight anyway but mm. um you spend most of your time with him as batman i, I feel and um, i think it's really like uh, we kind of talked earlier about the fincher influences this is something that popped into my head when I was watching it. And I haven't seen the film in years. So when I go back and rewatch it, it might be total nonsense. Uh, the Crow. Um, there was kind of, I felt elements of that just because of the noir and the makeup kind of thing. Oh, yeah, with the, yeah. There's been a lot made of the mascara, but he needs to wear the mascara basically to help hide his identity when he's got his um, cowl on He looks him. great. And he goes to a nightclub and he has a little bit of uh, mascara kind of running. And it's, it, yeah, he's yeah. very, he's... He's a great looking guy, you know, and the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> visually, when you see it on that giant, giant screen, mm. it's like, yep, there you Very, go. Very, like, I thought he was great. And like the other, some people maybe have complained that Alfred, Andy Circus doesn't get enough, but that might get developed a bit more in the, the films. He does kind of have, he's not in it that should much. never have that much to do, should he? Should he not just be the foil? And but the he kind is of, quite a the key bit of a mentor in the character. Yeah. Like, 
in that hole he's up obviously he's not as big as a villain but he would have kind of key roles so i think people are a bit like mm, but yeah um, i thought the design of the house was very weird it's hard to it work was real out, yes. wooden and like how is this in this cityscape so they had it it wasn't like he was on a castle on a hill he was in the city overlooking it but then inside it was all this like norwegian wood and gothic it was and like it was really gothic but it was yeah. a bit like i don't know and did the tim burton films have a lot of that sort of mad thing and then it gets kind of burnt down in some of the versions of the story because it's wooden yeah. a lot of it i don't really know and um, my favorite set design and everything was the what's called the iceberg lounge the nightclub that um was just ridiculously good yeah and often people talk about like how you film like in a nightclub and stuff because the lights and the sound but they just did a phenomenal job like the the sound design in it and the way with strobe lighting and everything there's a few fight scenes and like because it is we should probably approach this by acknowledging the film takes itself incredibly seriously and i have no problem with that because you know i mentioned suicide squad that came out last year and even like the knowingness of spider-man no way home like a lot of other superhero films are now they're almost eating themselves up with how meta and clever and wink wink wink, yeah nudge nudge they need wink wink nudge nudge they have decided to be Mm. whereas this is just like no this shit is serious yeah it's so dark and but it kind of relished that where it was just like 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 a lot of marvel films and stuff yeah so that's less of a context for it and i think more you'll get more if you compare it to what like gangster noir kind of films are and the voiceover outlines that from the and like start. batman is zero crack like yeah he does go around at night kind of beating people up yeah it's not like you know he does have a lot of trauma uh, <laughs> so it's not gonna be loads of shits and giggles like yeah. you know so that so that's my favorite scene what was your favorite scene you talked about the batmobile the kind of crazy muscle yeah drag car, the release the of that, that was. i was kind of like a child when i was in cinema watching that and because it it weirdly doesn't work perfectly because he's there and he kind of does a, a gas Batman thing where someone turns around and he's gone and then the next thing it's like he's starting the car and I was like there's How no the way car get there, yeah there? there's no way he got there to the car to start it but like I forgot that when it started on the sound and everything I was like this is class an amazing car chase scene um there's been kind of some criticisms that the film is too like dark like visually because you can't actually see what's going on it's probably more criticism of certain cinema screens yeah where the bulbs in the projectors aren't actually and i think up. i didn't think that no and it's, it's kind of rainy and as yeah, someone said it's degree, like looking like, through someone saying it's either looking through rear view mirrors yeah. or rainy windows in a car or on a bus or something or even if you're wearing a cowl and loads of yeah mascara. and it kind of gives you that compressed feeling of a comic book panel where it's really you're not getting this big open wide picture it is kind of honed in so I think the car chase scene is fantastic for that. The penguin really kind of excels in that that whole segment of the penguin, and when he's getting interrogated, I thought it was fantastic. So that is probably up there. Yeah, and then actually a brilliant payoff as well. Often these things just do a big old poop at the end, and you're just like, oh, look at that! Everyone just punched each other. Yeah. But the final um, scene in Madison Square Garden is it? I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was. I'm not mm. sure. I'm going to say it was. Anyway, feel free to correct me. Yeah. Um, apologies if I got that wrong. But how they did that, kind of, it's impossible not to look at it and think about some of the stuff that happened in Washington in January 2021. Mm. And when you get, like, kind of um, 
a campaign to bring people together and you yeah. almost weaponize people what can happen but because um, matt reeves has alluded to this like it is he finished war for planet of the apes in 2017 the batman's coming out in 2022 a big thing for that was covid and it wasn't intentional they wrote the story and then they kind of noticed when they were filming it and stuff they were like oh, okay this is a bit weird um but and that's the thing as well the film isn't happily ever after um it is kind of like okay you know the main villain has been apprehended but the city's in an absolute kip um total have to rebuild it's not like well, we it's kind of like okay we maybe stop this one guy but like everything is still really bad and it's going to be really bad We'll jump uh, very quickly then to uh, a tiny bit, the post-credits bit. Obviously, I don't know, it's enough in the news now to know, but Barry Keoghan, the Irish actor um, who was in Eternals last year and has obviously been in lots of different things. Killing of a Sacred Deer. What was the paint film, the paint, the art film that I quite liked? He was in that, mm, wasn't he? Can't recall. Animals something. So he is going to potentially play, I guess he was the Joker, we assume. It's an unnamed Arkham uh prisoner mm-hmm. but yeah it feels like it's the um american animals that was the film ah, okay yeah um yeah it's like you'd i wonder though and then someone it's... also said is that did, did the studio make him True. put that in film something because this is gonna be an offshoot thing anyway i don't know we'll i think we can wrap it up there yeah i feel bad because obviously i'm wearing the green jersey yeah. here but like i don't necessarily like um some of barry Johan's acting choices and stuff um mm. so there we go so anyway, it could, it could I, just be a small open, piece to just to be like oh here's the joker yeah. and then in the next film it won't be another irish shout out just quickly as well as colin farrell peter mcdonald's in it uh who's moon boy's dad and he's done lots of uh, comedy roles, um, Your Bad Self on uh, RTE, which is a really funny, underrated comedy show. Uh, so he plays Kenzie. And you kind of get a glimpse of him for a second. You're like, oh, is that your man? But he's actually a main enough character in he it. Did, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll, we've will we got two minutes left. You've got a minute uh, to talk about something that you're looking forward to seeing. And mine, I can go first. Yeah, go, go first. So mine is Turning Red, which is the new Pixar film, which is unfortunately but maybe fortunately for loads of people uh, it's on disney plus from uh friday the i think it's the 11th of march um and it's set in early 2000s in toronto in chinatown and uh it sort of seems to touch on a lot of uh kind of topics like around asian hate puberty all these sort of things that like don't get touched on. And as always with Pixar and Disney films, we'll all love it, watch it. And then we'll stop and think about it and realize, Oh, that's now made me think again about uh, some other stuff, but mainly from watching the trailer, they've got the, the Canadian um, street cars from a few years ago that are in there. So, Cool. Nostalgia. It's nothing to do with Clifford the Big Red Dog. No, uh, no seemingly <laughs> it is just there. Um, it's in that it can play as part of a trilogy with Clifford and the Big Red Dog and Channing Tatum's dog film. That mm. I don't know anyone who's seen it yet, but apparently it's very good. Have you got anything my that's dad's caught seen your eye? It actually, okay. him and my sister uh, in went the to see it. Yeah, I think yeah, they enjoyed yes. it. So, right. um, yeah, Red Rocket opens on March 11th as well. Uh, it's directed by Sean Baker, who you told me. Is that did. in the cinema? It's in the cinema, so you'll see it in the lighthouse. I've seen the trailer for it now a few times, and I'm sure the IFI and other cinemas are available. Um, looks great, kind of indie. 
I'd say the 90 minutes perfect uh, kind of great storytelling looks like it yeah um, so, that's so Sean Baker did March. Florida Project and Tangerine and things like that so and yeah. West Side Story is out also out in Disney so I'll get to see that finally. there you go yeah so we're going to come back in uh, about two weeks um, to talk we're going to try to watch as many Oscar films we've been completely Oscar free in this conversation we're going to try to watch as many of them certainly we'll have all the best picture and as many of the acting um, giving you our hot takes for what's going to win and then we'll share what we think will win and what should win have you seen Cody yet we're not talking about Oscars oh sorry yeah what would you give Batman going back to the theme of this podcast uh, the Batman scores 4.5 out of 5 what would you go with yeah I'd give it 4 maybe go. maybe a 4.5 on a second watching I think I'll definitely see it a second time there you go alright thanks for listening everyone I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship take one do you want anything from the shop? Call it out. Chocolate. It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it?